AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, dude. The 90s call. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Hey, Dude, the 90s Called. I am one of your co-hosts. I'm Christine. And I'm David. It's nice to see you, David. Yes, you too. Welcome back, all the listeners. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, thank you for coming back and for for listening to our live. Our our like I, I say live, even though it's not live. It was recorded, but it felt live for us because we were in the same room as Jenny, which was so great, wasn't it? It was so nice to like spend a few days with you and uh, and yes, interview Jenny Garth in person. Um, which... And our, and our panel, we had a great panel. It was a fun group of iHeart podcast hosts, none of whom I had met before. You knew I Jenny, know. obviously, but I didn't. I didn't know any of them, and um, I know we were we were all just sort of running around a lot. But um, what a fun, cool bunch! And I really enjoyed getting to hear other people's. On the panel, they asked us sort of like, what is your favorite part about podcasting? And I really felt like a lot of the group had co-hosts and most everyone sort of said their favorite part was getting to 
be with the person that they were co-hosting with, which was which was my answer. Um, but I, I I just thought it was really fun. I thought it was fun. Of course, I'm a reality television fan, so there were you know there were some bachelors. <laughs> There was a Bachelor I, listen, of Paradise. I, I'm a Bachelor fan now. That guy, what's Ben, what, ben Higgins? Yeah, right. And my daughter uh, texted me immediately. She's like, I just saw the post you did, and I watched that whole season of The Bachelor, and totally. that guy was amazing. Yeah. And who was the girl that he was with? Ashley. Ash. Well, Ashley I. So she was on Bachelor in Paradise. She was. Uh, she is a kick in the pants. By the way, this is the fun little behind the scenes story. Is she spilled her entire coffee right before we went on into my purse? And <laughs> like, can, can I t- let me let me just sing your praises for a second because I walked into the green room, ready to go out to do our panel in front of a lot of people. And I, all I saw was that someone had spilled their entire coffee into Christine's <laughs> uh, uh, handbag or purse and, and on her dress. And she was smiling and so chill and cool about it. I mean, I, I don't know. Other girls might have had to take a minute. And you were, you literally went out a minute later. We're like, it's all good. We're all good. It was so fun. I, I, I'm always that person that I was just glad it wasn't me who did the spilling. Like I could live with being oh, spilled you'd rather, on. Yeah, I'd oh, rather that's... be spilled on. I mean, you know, listen, it, it mostly all went into my purse and a little bit on my dress. <laughs> it didn't matter. It, it was a funny story for me to be able to say that, you know, one of the, one of the bachelorettes on, in paradise, um, spilled her coffee in my bag. She was hilarious. Um, she and we posted were all, about by the way, it too. We, she posted oh, she a whole did. thing about she it. She did. Yes. Oh my how, god! How how kind you were about <laughs> it, and how bad she felt. But like your your character is defined in those moments, not the moments where you can easily be you know phony, hot, you know kind and and courteous. But like when something when when stuff goes down like that, and you're, I don't know. I I have so much respect for you for your patience and just you were so cool about it. <laughs> You are so you're really giving me so much more credit because it was just a funny it was funny moment. But what I loved is everybody like it wasn't even just like people working the festival. It was literally all of us who were going to be on the panel (laughs) were running and getting paper towels and napkins. And we were all on the floor just trying. And, and, you know, embarrassingly, I had to take out like all the contents of my purse. I had an extra pair of shoes in there. Um, Yeah, it was I walked in right. I, I walked in right at that moment. Everyone's on their knees cleaning up everything. I was like, what is going on here? Oh, Are we walking out? But I, I have to say that um, the the two actors from Glee, um, and I'm bad with names. But, we just, uh, I think there was, it was just uh, one, right? Kevin McHale? No, and there was a female actress from Glee that was so freaking cool. Oh, but uh, not on our panel. She wasn't on the panel. Got it. Got um, it. Oh, okay. Because I didn't meet her. I didn't. Um, he was wonderful, oh, though. Kevin McHale. Yeah. Kev, he was on our panel. Yes. Freaking cool as hell, dude. Had great stories. Uh, we totally hit it off. Um, and then there was a girl from Glee that we we had done the, the Cheers reading afterwards. And I don't know. The, the, we just met really great people. And Jenny was was Jenny. Like, I mean, you know, from she hasn't changed at all. Well, that was just awesome, I have to say. Like, there is really something about, like, 
you know, the intimacy of us doing a podcast and seeing each other on Zoom and getting to tell stories and knowing that it's, you know, mostly just other than some social media stuff, just us talking, you just hear our voices. But being in the room, it really just felt like, I mean, you guys had so much history and it was such a great catch up, but it was so fun for me to just like be able to sit in the room with the person and and listen and chat. And it just felt it, it like it felt so comfortable. Like I didn't feel nervous at all. I didn't. There was just some. There's just something about it. It was. It was. Uh, uh, yeah. She's and we were all squeezed like in on a like a, in a little you know room on a couch. And <laughs> but it was so much fun. Um, and I guess on that note, our our guest yes. today, Andrea Barber, iconic character, none other than Kimmy Gibbler <laughs> from Full House, is here. So why don't we let her in? All right, let's go, Andrea Barber. Hi guys! Oh, it's so good to see you. Thanks for <laughs> joining too. us. Yeah, oh, thank thrilled. you. I'm thrilled that you asked. So, uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. Well, oh we we constantly say there is probably nothing, no show more like as we've talked about and we've interviewed a lot of people on a lot of shows in the '90s. But there's something about Full House mm-hmm. that is so iconically '90s. <laughs> And it and like, honestly, just seeing your face, it's sort of like, oh, my gosh, of course, we know we've never met before, but I know you. I feel like I know you. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like something. we've met. I feel like yes. we should have met at least. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No less than like one hundred and ninety something episodes. We definitely know you. <laughs> David, when you did Full House, did you guys cross paths? Well, you probably you were in. um you were like a, D- a DJ love interest, right? Weren't you a yes. boy- like a, a potential boyfriend? <laughs> so, I think I was. I was probably in that episode. I don't. I don't. I don't remember meeting you. I'm so sorry, but you don't remember every single solitary moment that you <laughs> oh had. My God. For you know all how many guest years? stars she worked with? I, <laughs> I know. I, I'm making fun no, of myself for asking. I was in an episode, and we interviewed um, Jody. Oh. Uh, a couple months ago, who was just amazing. Oh, she's what the a, best. I love her so much. <laughs> amazing woman. Um, but uh, yeah, I did a an episode called "Take My Sister, Please," okay. where uh, her, DJ wanted her own bedroom because Stephanie was infringing on her. Oh, right. Uh, you know her space. So I was uh, in a. I was a love interest of DJ's. Who was inviting her out, and then and then Jody comes in and starts hazing me. <laughs> Like, you know, she's like seven years old and starts like ragging on me. <laughs> like, like roasting, only, right? Yeah, like That's only what she does can. best. Yes. Um, <laughs> Not much has changed with her. She still likes roasting people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's doing stand up comedy and she's like literally following in Bob's uh, footsteps. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, so great. So great. Well, I'm sure we met back in the 90s. I'm sure we met. At some point, you know, I don't remember if we had a scene together, but, um, you know, I have missed you 35 years later. It's great to <laughs> see you again, you David. I think about you all. <laughs> yeah, every but, day. <laughs> listen, that set was intimidating, you know. Uh, really? I, for me, it was, look, I was uh, 20 years old, maybe, uh, 21. It was one of my first jobs. And there's John Stamos and uh, Bob and all, all you guys were established. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And uh, let's. I remember Bob being so kind, and we uh-huh. we established a friendship for many many years. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it was a lot of star power on that show, and the show was an enormous hit. So to come on as a guest star, you know, it was it was uh, intimidating. 
Oh, I can see. I guess I can see that. Like I never, we never took ourselves too seriously on the show. Um, You know, it was very, we were very much a family as you guys know. So um, I can see why it was intimidating going into it, but I hope that we were warm and welcoming once you actually got onto the set. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. (laughs) I know. I feel like a lot of people say that a lot of people who we've had on and we've said like, oh, I was a guest star. I did a week on that show. Again, similarly, 35 years ago, no expectation. And, and, you know, we had Chad Lowe recently who said, was I, was I okay? <laughs> Cause that was a weird time for me. I was so insecure. I was like, out, you know, I was out of my comfort zone and I could assure him I was, yep, you were very nice. You, oh, I thought you were so cool. And <laughs> so I think probably nine times out of 10, it, the, the, the stars of the show do try to make it a comfortable environment for people. It's not always the case, but. It's I found most of the time it is. Okay, good. Well, and and plus being teenagers at the time, too, you never know what you're going to get. You know, are we going to be moody? Are we going to be cranky, angry, happy? You know, you never know what you're going to get with teenagers. The last last thing you want is someone 20 years later to be like, yo, you were rude to me. and You were not kind. What do you do with that? You're right. Yeah. Whoa. And yeah, having the perspective now. 30 years later as an adult, you're just like, you want to cringe when you think about, oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. I'm glad. I'm glad everyone was nice to you on the set. <laughs> so how did the show come about for you? I mean, you were on a soap opera, right? For a while. I was. Well, I started acting at age five. So I had, oh, wow. a, you know, a couple of, a couple of shows <laughs> under my belt by the time I auditioned for Full House at age 10. Um, so for me, it wasn't groundbreaking. Like it was just, that's what you did as a kid actor. You go on a million auditions and it's such a grind. And I hated auditioning as a kid. I still do, even though it's different now as an adult mm-hmm. with tapes and stuff. But um, I hate, I hated auditioning. So for me, I was just like, you know, here's another one. <laughs> um, yep. But I auditioned for the role of DJ first. Didn't get it. Uh, but oh, wow. the producers remembered me and were like, hey, you know, we got this part, you know, the role of the neighbor girl, the wacky neighbor girl. Will you come back and read for ki- the role of Kimmy Gibbler? And I did. And I think it was supposed to be I was only supposed to be on one or two times. And that was it. And it turned into this lifelong role for me that has changed lifelong. Right. I mean, like, that's not an exaggeration, <laughs> which we'll get to because there was there was chapter one and then there was the, the, right. the next chapter. Right. And that's more, much more recent, but yeah. really how, when you think about it and we've talked about this before too, like the sliding doors of it all, like, um, like it, imagine that was just a one or two episode thing. Like it just, who knows what would have happened, but I mean, to have that to, I, I always feel like that's a testament. I feel like we, we had Maya Bialik on and she talked about when she came back after Blossom and did Big Bang Theory that she was only supposed to do a handful of episodes oh, wow. and then thought that – and same with you, David, for Blossom, right? You only thought you were going to do a few and then ended up yeah, being on I, it. Well, yeah, right. One episode turned into uh, several seasons. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
sets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Coming off a soap opera, which is so like melodrama, I mean, even though you're a kid, and then you come in, you must have grabbed a lot of laughs in that first episode as a comedic actress, which I, you obviously excelled in. But how did you how did you find that? I have no idea. And you're right. Soap opera is so melodramatic. Like I was on, on days I was on Days of Our Lives for three and a half years as the original Carrie Brady. And I was, you know, kidnapped. I was brainwashed. I was in a coma for two weeks. Like, you know, <laughs> not very funny. I'm dressed as Santa Claus <laughs> yeah. and sneak into a, a hospital to visit me in a coma while I was in a coma. So Stefano DeMera didn't, you know, capture him or, you know, it was all so bizarre. Uh, but for me, I was like, you know, I was six years old. I was like, this is just an, another day. Um, so, yeah, to go from that 
to a situational comedy that, that I, I never actually put that those two together. Um, for me, it was just being me. You know, you're, I was just being a kid. I wasn't really trying right. to be a dramatic actress or a comedic actress. I was just being me. And the writers were writing to my strengths. I think I don't. I you know I don't know. I don't know how I did it. It wasn't a conscious decision. I just, you literally found out that you had comic chops on the set of Full House. Yeah, in front of a live audience. And yeah. in, and and with co-stars that have you know they're veterans, stand-up comedians, yes. and, and here you are, and Jody as well, just crushing laughs as a child. <laughs> that that's amazes me. Well, a lot of it has to do with your co-stars too. I mean, if you have really great co-stars that you have chemistry with, and you connect to, and you know, it's it's a rhythm thing too with sitcoms yep. and and comedy. So I mean, if you if it's there, if you have a great scene partner, it's magic. And I I was lucky to have that. In all of the entire cast of Full House, but especially with Candace and Jody, uh, it was magic. It was magic. It was magic again. Thirty years later, when we came back to do Fuller House, it was just oh yeah, we'll get such to a that. blessing. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. As, okay. as a as a little kid at home, though, were you a cut up? I mean, were you the person who just always made your family laugh, or you were always coming in and performing and putting on a show, and that's what made your parents or whoever say like, Oh my God, she's got something. Or did you, or did you just know you're like, I want to do that. And watching TV, how does that work? I was a very shy child. Like I was not, I liked playing make believe and pretend, but I was very introverted and very shy. But um, so you're like, well, yeah, how did I get into acting? It doesn't, it didn't seem like a natural fit, but my family, uh, we all did community theater together. That was our family hobby. We would all go out and be, you know, in the local production of A Christmas Carol or Scrooge or whatever. And this was during um, the early 80s when there was a writer's or not a writer's strike. Sorry, actor's strike back in 1980. Right. <laughs> I got writer's strike on the brain right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so they were out looking for fresh talent. And so that's how I got connected to my agent, Judy Savage, at the time with the Savage Agency. And um, she said, hey, why don't you know, I had two older brothers. They were interested in it as well. And so my mom was like, OK, we'll have a meeting with Judy Savage. And she signed all three kids, all three of us on the spot. Um and we that launched our careers. You know, my brothers did it for a long time. They did lots of commercials. They did guest appearances on shows. Uh, but once they got to high school, they were over it. They were like, "This, we don't want to do this. Like, they hated the audition circuit as well. And they were like, we just want to play sports. So they left the business. Um, but by that point, I was I had a lot of success. Um, and I'm not patting myself on the back because of a lot of it is luck, too, as you guys know. Um, yep. You have to be in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people. And you have to have talent, too. But a lot of it is driven by luck as well. So um, by that point, I was under contract with Full House and, and having a, a genuinely wonderful time. So I did. I was not ready to leave the business. I was ready to stop auditioning, but I wanted to stick with it as long as I could. So I, did. I love that. Ready to stop auditioning. Christine, could you the- imagine <laughs> doing community theater with Brian and your parents? Oh, my God. Like, I, I was laughing is- thinking about it because that is how I started, too. But no one else in my family I mean, Brian, my brother got roped into doing it because I think it was sort of like a Saturday morning class we took. And then he ended up in in a show and and we still make fun of him. He could not act to <laughs> save his life. He but what a cool do any of it when you do a, a theater production, even if it's community theater, you bond so heavily with your your castmates and the crew and everyone. And if your family's in the show, I mean, what an amazing thing to do with your family. I mean, so it must have been so much fun. 
it was a lot of fun. And my brothers and I, we, I mean, we would make fun of our, we're like, of course, we're the family that does theater. You know, like most families will go out to dinner, or do sports or tennis or something. <laughs> we did community theater. So we kind of poked fun at ourselves, but no, it was fun. And it was great family bonding too, you know? I did a production of The uh, King and I at Pleasantville Music Theater. No way. <laughs> did you do that show? Not at Pleasantville, but I did a, I did a, I did The King and I at age four. Who'd you play? <laughs> oh, at age four. Oh, one, one of the kids. So yeah. this was an incredibly, I, I mean, I look back, it was an incredibly well done production with great cast and great actors. And uh, I played pr the prince. And, um, <laughs> and one of the nights... Uh, one of the, I don't know, one of the actors who played the guard of the king couldn't make it. And my dad, you know, who is a partner at, uh, you know, a big law firm in New York, a very professional dude, uh, literally got into hair and makeup and a full, like, you know, um, you know, outfit, like Stop a king's it. guard. Stop and it. my dad played the guard of the king in The King and I. And it was something I will never forget. And my family came I mean, for rehearsals. They would drop me off and my sisters would run around. And it was, you know, it was a community theater, but it was, I, I will never forget it. And it was such an impact on my life and such a bonding thing for my dad. That's so How cool. How brave of your dad to yeah. do that. Because people who don't have it, I mean, we take it for granted when you get into cost, like that you can kind of just do it. I mean, I still get nervous getting up in front of people, but I'm like, okay, I have that. It's in my, it's wired in there somewhere. I know I'll be able to right. say the lines. I know I'll be able to do it. But for people who are not actors or performers, for your dad, a lawyer, like a high powered attorney to get in costume and get on stage, like I can't even imagine what That's he terrifying. must have felt. Yeah. I have butterflies just thinking about it. <laughs> Me this. too. It's like an no, anxiety dream. He didn't have any lines, but he did get in a full wardrobe, you know, like, you know, yes. Siam, or Siamese, you know, clothing and, uh, you know, the makeup. But uh, what a great place to start for you. And then, so <laughs> what was it like growing up on the set? I mean, Jody said she wouldn't do it any differently, that she... she Felt so secure and supported, and like you were a family. But w when you look back on it, are you are you happy that you did it the way you did it? Oh, absolutely! I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and it, be it it's because of the people. You know, I'm I'm sure Jody's talked about this too, just about how close we all were, not just the cast, but with our crew as well, and our directors, and our producers, and our writers. Like we all really bonded um, a lot. And so it was the people that made the experience so great. And yeah, we were making a great show and it, and it, it really touched a lot of people and it ended up becoming this really iconic 90s show. But aside from all of that, um, we all just loved each other so much. And the kids were really well taken care of, too. Like it was always the kids always came first. You know, it's like the production is important, but the kids are even more important than the production. And you really felt that, uh, you know, there was never any pressure to make the kids cry or, oh, we got to get this shot. So we're going to go over the time allotted for this scene. You know, there was none of that. It was like, okay, the kids are tired. The kids need a break and a snack. That's, that's more important than getting this shot. And that's, that's huge. You don't, you don't see that on every TV show. So I, cr I give a lot of credit to our, our showrunners and our producers for taking care of the kids. And then the adults on the show too, 
Bob and Dave and John and Lori were just like our, you know, our, our beloved aunts and uncles um, that we felt so much love from them and very well taken care of. Um, I have got nothing but fond memories uh, would do it again in a heartbeat, you know, again, a, a fullest house. I would, mm-hmm. I would do many, many iterations of this show because I love the people so much and the characters are so beloved as well. We've had so many, um, actors who started out as children and have, you know, stayed in the business. And the, there's something that I've been, it's been, I've been dying to say it and I keep forgetting every time, but the expression it's very, it's very like set expression, but we got to get this shot because they're going to turn into a pumpkin. Do you rem- do you that shot of like the when because the the kid actors only had they had to work within certain you know time frame like they could only work a certain number of hours they had to be in school a certain number of all of those things right. and I I swear on my life I didn't hear it until maybe like in the last like decade or something when I was, I think, playing somebody's mother in something. Mm-hmm. And they and I just heard, we got to go there. She's turning <laughs> into a pumpkin. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't even. And obviously, when you think about it, it makes sense. But did, do you remember that? It was did, did, Have you guys had experience with that expression? I think that's a I think that's a new term or like you said, within the last few years, because oh, I never okay. so heard it's newer. it when we were children. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I, I, I hear it now, now that I play the mom or the adult or the right. principal or whoever I'm playing now, I'm like, oh, the kids, the kids got a pumpkin. We got to get, you know, we <laughs> right. got to move on. So, <laughs> it's a great term. I use it now. I'm gonna, when I'm out. Mary Kate and Ashley were like babies. I can't, I mean, there are child labor laws like all the way down, but how they probably could work an hour or two a day. Oh, probably. Yeah. They were nine months when we started, oh so it was probably yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm not clear on what the exact labor labor laws were, but um, yeah, we probably no more than an hour. That's why we had two of them because we oh, could so like, you know double a, our money. Yeah, there's always twins that play yeah. a, a young guy. But like, so you're on tape night. You're all doing your stuff, but like for for the character Michelle, would they? like literally shoot that separately and have one of the two, whoever was in a better mood, sort of like sit there with a baby wrangler and give them the, (laughs) you know, what's up dude or whatever, whatever they were saying Was that, was that shot separately? Uh, Yes. Yes. And no, I, we would pre, we would do pre tapes on Thursdays. So any scene that was difficult, which was with kids babies, animals. So um, we would pre-tape those scenes. And yeah, it kind of was whoever is whoever was in a better mood or willing or more outgoing that day. Um, and and the Olsen twins did have a baby wrangler. Her name was Adria Later. We're all still very close with her. She was our, one of our studio teachers on the show as well. And she became the default baby wrangler for the Olsons. And she would be she would be off stage and she would be like, you know, Saying whatever, it, dude. And so they were just parroting a lot. I mean, when they were little, 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 like, you know, one, two, you don't know how to memorize things when you can't even read a script, you know. So so they were just parroting what Adria was doing off stage. Um, so, yeah, we would pre-tape all of those scenes. But then on tape night, we would, you know, the Olsons would come in right before the show because we only had so many hours with them. And we would they would shoot in front of the audience, too. And if one wasn't working, we'd swap them out and bring in the next one. <laughs> Ashley, you're out. Yeah. Mary Kate, come on in. Well, and they went through phases too, where you know one of them would be more into acting than the other one was. You know, they like like any kid, you go through phases where you're more outgoing or more into 
your the attention or the camera or yeah, exactly. Wanting the attention versus being shy and totally. Totally. Those are those things you always take for granted until you're, you know, working in it and you realize how many moving parts it takes and, and, you know, all of the people involved and the lollipops and the treats and the snacks. (laughs) Same with animals. All right. Give me a thumbs up and I'll give you a lollipop. Ready? Go. Um, I actually played their uncle in a show called Two of a Kind. Oh, you did? Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. But they were teenagers and, uh, I probably did the only thing they've ever done that wasn't a wild success, but we, we did one season <laughs> and they were super cool and such professionals. But like, yeah, when you grow up on a set, you learn a lot of important lessons, work ethic mm-hmm. and um, professionalism and being on time and all that stuff. Has, has that carried over? Because I, I want to talk about where you went after Full House, but like is that whole experience on the show has shaped who you are. I mean, you must have, it must have been a valuable time. Absolutely. I mean, even though we were respected as kids on the set, we were, it was very much an adult job and we were expected to work hard, you know, and show up, like you said, show up on time, know your lines. Um, and that came down from our mothers too. Cause our mothers were like, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to be on time. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to rehearse lines in the car, you know, on the way to the, on the freeway, on the way to the set. Uh, so, you know, my mom always made sure I was very well prepared as well. Um, but yeah, that is some, that's, I, I didn't think about that until now, but yeah, you develop a really fine tuned work ethic. Um, and it's interesting doing it as an adult. So when I went back to Fuller House, I know we're not there yet, but it was interesting watching the child actors on Fuller House as an adult, because I would see them, you know, playing with props and I'd be like, no, you don't you don't play with props like the props on the set. This is a hot set. A you hot don't go set, in there. Yeah. You don't bring your lunch onto the hot set and eat it on the the full the fuller house couch. You just don't do that. Um, so it's interesting some of those things that stick with you decades later that I wasn't even really conscious of at the time. Um, so yeah, I definitely it's like it becomes muscle memory when you do something right. for eight years as a child. It's like it's muscle memory. It just it's with you for life. I'm convinced that that's why I could come back to Fuller House and and pick up just like no time had passed because it's muscle memory. It's like you learn you learn a language when you're 10 years old and you become fluent for life. Whereas if you would do that, if you tried to learn a language as an adult, it takes a lot more <laughs> effort. Yeah. So true. anything anything you learn as a child is just innate. It becomes part of you. Oh, yeah. You're like a sponge when you're a kid. You just absorb it all. <laughs> it's so true. So wait, so you were, was it age 10 to 18? Correct. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All my awkward formative years are all there. All <laughs> the, the bad perm, the acne, the braces, you know, yep. it's all there on display. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Streamable. Attainable. Anyone can find it and screenshot it and send it to you. The joy of of us all growing up in the 90s on television. (laughs) And then when you have kids, (laughs) when you have kids of your own, like it's just a constant sort, like they're just constantly like embarrassed and they're like, mom, you know, they they make fun of me all the time. (laughs) It's not cool to have Kimmy Gibbler as your as your mom growing up. Right. It and it's will. very, it very will findable. Be cool. I promise you, it will come around. And then they'll and then you'll actually feel like the child. Like sometimes my daughter is 21 now. We'll be like, Oh, you're so you were so cute, mom. Aww. I was like, don't feel sorry for me that I grew up in the nineties and had to look like that. 
that. Oh, and poor went through little the bad cute mommy. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, you. exactly. I love when they're sort of like, oh, you're so cute. And you just, they're the parent now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, mm-hmm. how old are your, how old are your kids? I have two. I have a 19-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl. They just had birthdays. So 19 and 16. Right. Uh, so you're you're getting there. You're I'm in it. I'm in the thick of it. Yep. It's, I get all the, yeah, you know, teenagers, It's they're just a blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah. All wrapped we, into one great package. We talk a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you still look like a teenager, though. You no. really do. You really do. Yeah, I'm, you re- I'm yeah. being honest. Anyone would recognize you as your character when you were... 15. It's crazy. That's so crazy. I know. I used to, and people say that a lot. They're like, you look just like you did on Full House. And I, I was kind of offended for a long time. I was just like, have you seen Kimmy Gibbler on Full House? Like, I don't want to look like that. Like she was, she was a hot mess, but I take it as a compliment now, you know, now oh, that I'm 46. Huge, I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Because some, some actors, you know, and, and this is not a put down, but when you haven't seen them in 30 years, it's like, whoa. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, whatever. Not everyone ages as gracefully as you have. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Full House nice. ended with a, a a massive audience, but it did end. And what I'm reading here is because the, the show got so expensive, right? There were so many big stars on it, but it did end. And how, how did that how was your reaction to the ending of the show? Because I want to talk about you going off to England and and getting your masters and all this stuff were you ready for it to end or was it like like kind of a crushing thing it was a mixed bag for me um it, i mean it was shocking because we didn't know we were being canceled until about three weeks before we taped the final episode oh my so God. we didn't re- that's why the finale is so weird like michelle falls off a horse and gets amnesia it's a two-parter like everyone's like this is such a weird series finale and we're like yeah we, the writers didn't have time to write a proper ah. series finale so um so i was really sad you know just anticipating that final taping and doing our final cast huddle and then our final curtain call i mean it's it's on youtube out there somewhere of our final curtain call and we're just out of tears we're all crying Seven. and hugging uh. each other and i get i still get emotional when i when i watch that so it was it was really sad to say goodbye because we didn't know if we'd ever keep in touch again, we certainly mm-hmm. didn't think we'd come back 30 years later to do a second iteration of the show. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very sad, but at the same time I was in my first year of college by that point. Um, and so I was very ready for this next chapter of my life. You know, I'd been a child actor since I was five and doing that grind. And I was kind of like, you know what, I am ready for a fresh start. I am ready to just move into the dorms at college and be just a student for the first time right. in my life and not have a full-time job at the same time. So once we finally did our final bow and, and the show ended, I was like, okay, that was great. I'm done. And I'm, I was ready to quit. I was done with acting. I was going to college. I was living in the dorm. I was feeling like a normal person for the first time in my life. Mm. Uh, and I loved it. I loved ner- learning new things. Like I didn't study acting or film or anything like that. I, I studied English literature um, in college. And then I, um, as you alluded to, I did get a master's degree in, in England. And so um, I was, I loved it. Just being a student and learning all these new things and finding out where my passion was since for however many years, you know, almost two decades, my passion had been acting, but I was discovering new parts of myself. Uh, and that was very exciting as a, a new adult. Right. With such appreciation for it, just to be doing what, what a, a normal kid would 
would be doing, going yeah. and being it, living in a dorm. And, and I imagine great. just getting to know yourself in a way that you hadn't before. You know, there is something when you're a child actor and you're, like you said, you're, you know, you're being driven to places. And then, you know, obviously in your teen years and you, you know, could, could sort of be there on your own, I, I would imagine. But I feel like there was still a sort of, I'm still being told exactly where to be at what time, when my lunch is, when, you know, <laughs> when, when our time off is, there's when you not can go a to lot the of agency. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somebody said that once. I, people would tell <laughs> us when we could go to the bathroom. Like it was yeah. I, to, to, to be finished with that and be able to really get to know yourself and make decisions about, oh yeah, I actually really like this and I want to explore this more or I, I'm, I can do whatever I want right now. I don't have a call time. And, you know, I would imagine that was very empowering. It was. It was empowering. It was very liberating. And I think a lot of college students go through that also yeah. to a certain degree. But um, yeah, it was it was a great time. And I loved it. And the kids at I, I went to a small private liberal arts college um, called Whittier College. And mm -hmm. I felt so normal there. Like the kids were not if they were impressed by my celebrity, they didn't they never showed it like they, it, everyone, everyone was just so cool about it. Like they didn't pepper me with questions or ask for pictures or autographs or anything like that. It was just like, we were all just students going the same, right. And the same, right. Exactly. Oh, so I felt very much on equal footing with, with all of my friends and my, my college classmates. Um, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. 
Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So the years between Full House and Fuller House, you go and get your master's, you go to college, you get your master's. Did you become a teacher? I didn't. No, I actually worked in um, international education. So I was a study abroad facilitator. So when I was in college, I went, I went, I did study abroad, like a lot of kids do. I went to Denmark for a semester and lived with a host family and um, did the whole nine yards for a semester. And it was that too was so empowering and liberating. Oh. I learned so much about, about myself as an American living in a foreign country. Right. Um, that was transformative. And I thought, I want this, I want to be here. So that that's where I worked was as a study abroad facilitator for two different wow. colleges, um, helping kids decide where they wanted to go abroad, um, helping them find the right program or which country they wanted to go to. I got to do a lot of traveling too, to check out these different programs in different countries. Oh, how cool. um, awesome. It was so great. And I, I would have kept doing that. Um, but then I started having babies and so it, it became a juggle and I'm like, I can't, I can't just, you know, jet off to Ireland at a moment's <laughs> notice when I have young infants at home. And so I left that, I left that career and became a full-time stay-at-home mom uh, for several years to raise my babies when they were little. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wonderful too. I loved that as well. Um, and then I got a divorce after that and, you know, got depressed and went through a major depression. Uh, so lots of just real life experience. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lots of life experiences. And um, yeah, so it was a good 20 years between Full House and then getting the phone call about Fuller House. Um, and it came at such a great time. You know, I've, I've mentioned this on other interviews before about just the timing of all of it. Literally in the middle of a divorce, I had just signed my divorce papers and I was so sad and so lost. You know, I was like, what am I going to like, what am I going to do with my life? And am I, am I going to be OK? And are my kids are, are they going to be OK? Um, and like four days after I signed those divorce papers, I got the call from Jeff Franklin. He said, I have oh an idea gosh. for a show, for a reboot. You know, would you be willing to come back to reprise the role of Kimmy Gibbler? How awesome. That's the like universe. The That's the universe. Yes. Right, David? I just yeah. got goosebumps. I feel like there are no coincidences with these things. Right. The way no. like, you know, even when you talked about m- being much younger and luck plays into it. It's like, yes, but there is something 
<laughs> there is something bigger. There's a, because, something cosmic out there. Yes, very much. There's that a larger is, presence out there that's looking out for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you stayed very busy during that period of time. And like you said, you were you were you were living real life. You were going through real life ups and downs, getting to know yourself. Were there moments, you know, sort of weaved through that period where you thought like, I kind of miss it. Or you'd see something or see a movie or a TV show or something and say like, oh, I might like did did it did the seed stay planted or was it really like a closed chapter of your life? I think somewhere deep inside of me, that seed was still, you know, I still questioned it. And after, actually, after I graduated from college, I entertained it briefly because I didn't, you know, I think a lot of recent college graduates have that panic. They're like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, because I've been in now, school right. it's the big question. for 21 years. So, yeah. Right. So, you, so I had that moment of panic and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go back to do what I, I've always done, which is be an mm -hmm. actor. So I went out on one audition you know, at the age of 21. And I was just like, I can't, I cannot do another audition. Like I my heart was not oh, yeah. in it anymore. We've been there. Like, I don't oh. have the drive. I don't have the drive to do this anymore. And that's when I was like, okay, pivot. I'm going to pivot and do study abroad and in international education and just, you know, immerse myself in that world. And that was, that was a great decision for me at the time. Um, but yeah. And so it surprised me when, when Jeff Franklin called, and said, will you come back and be an actor again? Will you be Kimmy Gibbler again? I didn't even hesitate to say yes. And maybe that's because, it, you know, it's something I knew. You know, I, I know mm -hmm. the character of Kimmy Gibbler inside and out because I did it for so long as a kid. Uh, but it was really because I wanted to come back and be with the people again. I wanted to come back and be with Bob and Dave and John and Candace and Lori and Jody. You know, just to, to get to come back and work with them every day and see them every day and, and return to these characters. I mean, how could I say no? To that, it was an instant yes for me. Um, Had you stayed in touch with everyone? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We never lost touch. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like, they they promoted Fuller House as the big reunion. Like we hadn't seen each other in twenty years. Right. I'm like, no, we still see each other, just not every day because we're not working together every day. But yeah, we still went to baby showers and weddings, and we we saw each other for all of these life milestones. Or, you know, if we were all in town, because people were kind of spread out living in different parts of the country at that point. But whenever we were all back in town, you know, John Stamos would be like, hey, let's go to, you know, Tony's Tavern in Malibu and hang out there and have dinner. And it's like, OK, you know, so we we still kept in touch, even though. we. But were did you know they were working on pitching a reboot or you had no idea? It was just a blind phone call. Well, I didn't know until Jeff called. Like I, I, I was oh a part of pitching God. it. Yeah, no, I was part of the development of Fuller House. But oh, I didn't okay. know that Jeff was was thinking about it until until he called me. I didn't know that this. Oh, I see. Like seed. Oh, so he so, said we're we're going to start pitching this and try to get it going. We just want you to be on board. Yeah, he had to have you had to have like the three because it was supposed to be the reverse. Instead of three men raising three little girls, it was three women raising three little boys. So, you know, you had to have your core characters. You had to have DJ and Stephanie and Kimmy. Right. So I think once the three the three women were on board, then we were like, okay, let's let's develop this together and, and pitch it and, and try to sell it. Jody talked about the pitching of the show, right? You, they, you guys went around to a lot of different places and she had interesting stories about the pitching of the show. And the, I think even the Netflix meeting, she might have not even been able to go that day, but whatever. The the Fuller House show was groundbreaking for Netflix, just as like uh, House of Cards in the drama 
department. I mean, Fuller House really brought Netflix to a, a large audience. And, and you, you know, Netflix is Netflix now, but like, what, a, what an amazing time to help, you know, solidify this Im- incredible monster company. It was, it, it's so interesting how it happened because we all thought Fuller House was going to be a slam dunk. We're like, we're going to sell right, the thing. Right. The I would think day. so. We're going to have people coming at us with offers. Right. Bidding more. <laughs> Bidding more. No, it was cricket. Bidding more. Like, That's we, what we you went, said. Yes. Yeah, we went to ABC Family. We went to Nickelodeon. We went right, to all Nickelodeon. the places. And they were all like, yeah, that sounds good. But nobody was willing to take a risk on it because no one had really done a reboot before. Mm-hmm. And, and now, of course, everybody's doing reboots. So right. it's very popular now. But um, at the time, it, it wasn't a thing. And so it wasn't an instant sell. You know, we had to really try to convince people. And at one point, you know, I was convinced it wasn't going to happen. It had mm. been at least a year, year and a half of pitching and no takers. And I was like, wow, like, Talk about feeling washed up and like it has been. I'm just like, nobody wants this. Like what? Yeah, there's nothing more demoralizing than when you have something, a project you're, you you feel is so great and that people are going to love. And you even, I'm sure, as the pitch, because you guys all knew each other, was probably so like dialed in and great and energetic and the whole thing, the whole package and can just get nothing. Crickets. That's the joy of this industry, everybody. <laughs> Oh, is that the joy or the frustration? Well, that's my sarcasm. Are you, are that's you my people sarcasm. crazy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. But yeah, I mean, so, but it's so a finish the story because I feel like Jody told us then what it was that happened, right? Because it wasn't it someone yeah. who was at Nickelodeon who. Oh, Brian Wright. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. Right? After the, after we pitched to Nickelodeon, Brian Wright was working for Nickelodeon at the time. So he sat in on that pitch meeting. Um, which was kind of a disaster. I can't remember why. I mean, this. Yes, yeah, yes, that's what. Yes, I don't know why. I think we were all just frustrated that nobody wanted to buy the show. <laughs> we were like, okay, here we are. Let's put on our happy faces and try to try to show us what our great chemistry is. You know, look at us now. <laughs> right. We still look good. Song and we dance. still love each other. No, and so yeah, and that was the reason why they had Jody and Candace and I on at the pitch meetings too. Not only because we were part of the development, but because they're like, look at the chemistry. It's still there. You know, they totally. still love each other. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we were just so frustrated at that point. And I think it was after the Nickelodeon pitch where I was just like, this is it. This is going nowhere. This has been a whole lot of work for nothing. Um, but then Brian Wright moved over to to Netflix to their new um, family family TV department or whatever they were calling mm-hmm. it at the time, and it was really Brian Wright who was like, "Hey, Netflix people, you want to buy this because this is this is gold right here," and he convinced them. He convinced them to to buy the show. And so Brian Wright was right. Yeah. Brian Wright, no was, yeah. but right. honestly, right. that, that, yep. like that, that decision was huge for the the monster company that Netflix has become. I think. I, I think he was he was critical because I I don't know if anyone would have bought the show at the time based on the reaction we were getting and how many pitches we did that and we got denied. Um, yeah, it, he was he was pivotal. Like the, the Fuller House might have never happened without that. But if he if Brian Wright hadn't been there at Nickelodeon, if he hadn't moved over to Netflix and like the show never would have happened. Yeah, it's all these ifs. It's all these these yep. moments. And 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 all and by the way, then all it really takes is that one person to believe in you. Right, who has that vision? Yeah, right. True. So, ugh, that's such a great story. So, and <laughs> Jody also told us, and maybe you were going to say this, David, that when you guys came back, you were back on the same 
Stage two? Yeah, how crazy. Stage 24 at Warner what Brothers. What the odds? <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah, it felt like it was right as Friends was ending, right? It was right. Or, or I mean, Friends had taken over after you, after the original Full House was ending, yes. right? Yes, Friends, Friends moved, moved in, in right? stage 24 right after we did. Right. Um, and then there were a couple of other big shows like Mike and Molly, or I can't remember who else oh, right. filmed it. But Stage 24 has had a lot of great shows on it. There's some good juju on, on that Lucky stage. stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like driving into the Warner Brothers lot again for the first time. And you knew you got to show your ID at the at the security gate and everything. And the security guard was just like, welcome home. Oh, <laughs> like, my oh, God. I'm home. What a it trip. was so cool walking in there. Like that, we had the same hair and makeup room, you know, the same props room. Um, we had the same, not the same dressing rooms because, you know, Jody and Candace and I moved up to the adult. That's what the she said. Yeah, we graduated than the kid dressing room. <laughs> you graduated so, the best. But it was still so, it was such a time warp to go back. And when I saw the set for the first time, it hadn't been painted yet. So everything was like a sepia tone, it was all like brown. And kind of dusty. And so I, I literally felt like I was walking into an archaeological site, like the set had been buried <laughs> for 30 years and we were there just unearthing it. Because oh. it was such a time warp to walk in and see, you know, the couch again and the kitchen set with the same plaid curtains, like the same plaid couch. I was like, this is, it was such a time warp. It was like walking into your childhood home again and everything had been preserved exactly the way it was. It was such a trip. Oh, <laughs> how incredible. Yeah. They say you can't go home again, but like, you know, not many people get to go, you know, redo their childhood like that. Yeah. It must have been such a trip. It was very special. And just having the perspective as an adult to get to go back and do this again, you realize as an adult how fleeting it is, you know, as a kid right. actor, as a kid, you well, at least for me, I treated it as a hobby. You know, this was my after school sport. You know, some kids play soccer, some do gymnastics. I was an actor. And it happened to be a very professional job where I made money as well. But um, it was always a, a hobby for me. Um, so when I came back as an adult, I, I was like, oh, no, this was special. Like, this was a very special thing. This doesn't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. So as adults, we were all so appreciative of getting to go back and get to do it for five seasons, too. Uh, we were very lucky and sad when Fuller House ended, too. But never say never. We came back once. Maybe we'll come back again. <laughs> Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People love that show. And now it's and now it's embedded in two generations, I think, because, like, you know, people our age watch the original. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, my my youngest uh, loved Fuller House. I mean, oh, yep. I love that. That's so great. It, it is a very multi-generational show. I hear that a lot from from people our age. Who were just like, I love getting, you know, I watched Full House as a kid with my parents. And now I get to watch Fuller House with my kids. You know, it's it's just a very full circle moment. Um, it's great. And I, I just love that people keep birthing new generations of Full House fans <laughs> right. and Fuller House Keep fans. them coming. Did it's your great. kids watch any of the old Full House or were they, or did you, were they a part of the new, like, did, because our kids, I've talked about this a lot, like, as they've gotten older, they'll go back and look at some, like, films or things my husband and I are in, but we, we were never like, hey, come watch this thing that I'm in. But I've noticed that they've found things over the years, but for a period of time, it was like, I'm not watching, like, I... I'm not watching what you guys did. Like it was a very uh, disconnected thing. But how was it timing wise? Because your kids would have been like early. How how old were they when you went back? 
when I went back to Fuller House, they were, yeah. um, they were elementary school aged. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's normal for kids are very disinterested in their parents' lives yeah. and career. Like that's just <laughs> across the board. doesn't matter if you're an actor or not. Absolutely. So mine were very disinterested in, in anything to do with my life. Um, <laughs> when my son, hit, when my son was in second grade, he came home. That's when kids sort of kind of become aware of like, things outside of themselves. So my kid, uh, my oldest Tate, he was in second grade. He came home from school one day and he said, mom, kids are starting to ask me questions about you. <laughs> They're, mm. how, come, how come every kid at school has seen full house except for me? And I'm your son. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good point. Oh I, I never thought to show them the show because I was just like, they have no interest in me. Right. So I sat them down that day and I was like, all right, let's turn it on. Let's watch. And they were mortified. <laughs> they were just of like, of course, you look weird. And then I know <laughs> not only did I look like a teenager, but I was wearing the wacky Kimmy Gibbler clothes. <laughs> right. said, turn it off. Yeah. yeah they, were I they were like, why are you wearing that mom? Why are you <laughs> acting so goofy? Like they were, they were a little weirded out by the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, uh, let's yeah. abort this. Like, yes. They don't need to watch it. Um, and then when I went back for Fuller House, they still were just kind of like, eh, you know, they they weren't really into it at first. Mm-hmm. They were just, just this thing that mom goes and does. Um, but a couple of seasons into Fuller House, they started coming to the set with me more regularly, more than just like the Friday night audience. Oh, that mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, that's special. That, and that was and it. Watch, once, yeah. once they came on the set and they started, they started to bond with the other, the kids on the show. They started hanging out in the schoolroom and and hanging out with the kids a lot. Um, they were just like, you know what, this is this is really cool. And they, then they wanted to be extras on the show. So I was like, all right. So I brought I brought them on for a couple of ep- you know to be like you know, the kid at the birthday party or the kid in the backyard for the play date or whatever. Um, and that was cool. That was cool for like an hour. And then they're like, okay, over it. This is too, too oh, much waiting were, around. If, yeah, you were the cool mom for one hour. That You got to appreciate that. Yes. Oh, it was great. That's a long time. But then it was too much work. They're like, the call times right. are too early. We don't want to be here at 7 a.m. We don't want to sit. It's so much sitting around. It's and I'm like, so it's boring. Glamorous, it's guys. so boring, right? It is it not is. a glamorous profession. It's a lot it's of so hurry not. up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Like, they were more impressed with crafty. The craft like, service. I was going to say, my kids always love the craft service. They called it, uh, what did they call it? Uh, craft city my kids always say i want to go to craft city <laughs> craft is the best it's always the, it's just the place to gather and, and just eat and talk um so i yeah. love that you guys kept the uh the 90s feel good vibe of the show because there's a lot of reboots uh, not only a lot of the new shows are so dark and so cynical mm. but even like they took the archie comics and turned it into riverdale where they're like they're murderers and doing, you know, really dark stuff. But you guys really kept that, like, just feel good family vibe of the the '90s show that you guys originally did. Yeah, I love and that. I attribute that to Jeff Franklin, the creator of both Full House and Fuller House. Um, he, yeah, we trust him implicitly. Like, he's going to keep the legacy of the show pure. You know, it's going to be the same feel good family focused show that we all grew up with in, in, in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't, there'd been talk, you know, before Fuller house about, Oh, Hey, let's come back and do, you know, a movie, a movie of the week or something like that. And it just didn't feel right at the time. But, you know, when Jeff Franklin and, um, John Stamos got together and they were like, you know what, let's really make this happen and let's do it right. That's when everybody was on board. We were like, okay, yes, we want to keep, the 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 legacy of the show alive and we want to keep it just like 
like it was in the 90s. You know, it's about family. It's about your chosen family, too, not just your biological family who you grow up with. Mm. It's people you choose to love and live with and raise your kids with. You know, so true. I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. I feel like people miss that time. You know, nothing. Everyone doesn't have to be dark or a billionaire, you know, or a housewife or whatever, you know, you can. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be larger than life. It can just be a love letter to to family and to relationships and to the simplicity of it. And I think that's we talked about it, you know, with with Jody as well. But it was really like a period of time where nothing, you know, the for the original where families would get together and sit and watch it together. And it was, you know, we talk about it all the time because this is a 90s podcast, but that appointment television, you know, you didn't have a million options on a given night. You had, you know, if you loved a show, then you set aside that time and you went to the one, you know, for most of us, we all had like a TV in the living room and it was, we would all watch it together, (laughs) right? It wasn't like, not everybody had devices in their room. Like I've made the joke that we will be in the same home and like there's four different things streaming or everybody's watching different right, stuff everyone's separate. or we're everyone's... watching the same thing and my son is True. texting me from his room you know and it's like <laughs> what are we doing let's so that's why i love those moments even now and i think for us covid the pandemic kind of we we found a way back to sort of like let's have a movie night let's mm. you pick a movie one night or when we're on vacation when we can with the kids like where it's sort of like you show us something and we'll you know um but i do think that 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 is the heart of Full House. So to be able to come back and do it in, 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 you know, sort of, as I just said, like a love letter to the original and have it be equally as successful and beloved is like such a, it's what a gift and what a success. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right. The The 90s was like the last decade of this pure Innocence before smartphones, before devices, before 9-11, before political strife. Like there's really this hunger for nostalgia for the 90s. And that's why, you know, your podcast is so successful. And then these 90s con conventions are so successful. Right. Because people have such great memories of appointment TV and watching, watching, you know, Friday night TGIF lineup with their mm-hmm. family. And there's just such a disconnectedness now with families like you were describing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. You know, you text your kid, Hey, you know, you text your we kid all from, are. The, other from this, the other room. I know we're all yeah. so guilty of it. I mean, it's, it's too convenient, right? Too convenient. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But thank you for giving everyone, a, you know, five years of a little taste of the nineties again, because that Fuller house was amazing. And you guys did help make Netflix what it is as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's very generous. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> Netflix is a juggernaut in, in its own right. But um, I think we were the first um, the first multicam sitcom right. that mm-hmm. Netflix ever, ever developed. And uh, the first family show, like the f- four kids and four families. And so, um, yeah, I, I love thinking that we we were a small part of that. That's, that's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think the, the next thing is the fullest house. <laughs> I'm here for it. And like everyone's just having more babies and you're just going to keep filling it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Babies, kids. Yeah. Grandkids. The house just keeps getting fuller. I'm ready to be Grandma Gibbler. I can only exactly. imagine. Grammy Gibbler. Grandma yeah. Gibbler. You're going to get a call in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrea? 
It's Jeff Franklin. Grammy. I love it. Grammy get blown. I love it. I'm so here for that. Thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. Yeah, oh, you guys are great. It's so wonderful to meet you and good luck with everything. And um, thank you again. Oh, you guys are awesome. It's so wonderful to talk to other former child actors. Current, You know, it's just, I feel like we have, even though we've never, you know, Christine, we've never met. And then, you know, David, we haven't seen each other in at least 35 years. I do feel like this kindred spirit with you guys just because we grew up in such similar circumstances. So thank you for welcoming me on your podcast. I love it so much. Thank yeah, you. This was a great conversation. Awesome. Send, send our love to all your castmates because oh, I will special people. Yes. <laughs> I love them. Thanks guys. All thank right. you Thanks, so Andrea. much. Thanks. Bye. Very cool. What a sweetheart. Yeah. She her story reminded me so much of, of Mayim in a way, you know, of really like making that choice, like being upset that the show is ending and having the sort of, you know, loss of it, but then like really pivoting, diving into college in, and embracing it in a way. Right. That's why I really asked the question, because when it's been such a part of your life, like I, I just wondered if it was always like that tug of war of like, oh, am I ever going to get back? But she sounded like she that one audition. And by the way, right. we've all had that one audition where you're like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> I'm I done. hate this. This is yeah. horrible. So but for her to be able to have gotten an education and, you know, had that opportunity to sort of learn new things and travel in such a way, she's really, really what what a bright light and you know, like. You know, I I right. really and so loved grateful it. and appreciative for all of it, right? Yeah, and like honest about her divorce and yeah. how sad she got, and and that Jeff Franklin called yeah. at the exact right time. You know, we all have those moments where the universe shines on you and says, "You're doing the right thing." I know it's right. hard right now, but here's a little here's a little sprinkle of fairy dust. You're gonna be okay. Yes, you know? and to take like it magic. and 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 embrace it and be and the gratitude. I mean, it really is yes. like you could hear her gratitude, and um, yeah, that was great. Because again, like one of those people that I only knew over the years of watching on TV, had never met, and um, you know, just uh, just super cool. So I really love that. Yeah, we've yeah. been so lucky. Thank Our you. guests um, are amazing, and. I'm coming to New York in a couple of weeks and yes. we have an incredible guest. We do. And we're, and we're gonna, see, I'm going to tell you to just stop talking now because you usually, <laughs> it, the more I, you go on, you usually give something away or at least hint at it. Um, so just stop your talking right now. I'm, I'm zipping it right now, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm so excited. About yeah. This and we'll be in the room together again, which is great, which is, yeah. you know, so, uh, and yeah, I think like we're going to, we're going to try to have dinner with Ben and yeah. Jill and we're going to try to like, you know, to get the gang together. So that'll be really fun. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe even like Kelly or John will come into the city. I don't know. I don't know how oh, long you're going to be here. But yeah, maybe we get a little Hey a, Dude thing. Hey happen. Dude part two. That yeah. You, yeah. Let's th like have a meal or something, coffee or lunch. Okay. All right. We'll keep you posted on that, listeners. <laughs> yes. I hope you enjoyed Andrea Barber um, as much as we did. And uh, thank you for listening so much, Christine and I. I mean, I'm loving doing this with you. And, um, it's just it's so the much best fun. and you guys are the best fans so thanks we'll see you we'll be back soon next yeah, week yeah we'll be back here <laughs> next week and uh, have a great week and weekend everybody and uh, Christine I will I'll see you in New York soon
Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90sCalled. See you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you one at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.